Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, so just lean in, let's take notes. I'm going to be uh, speaking out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. And I'm speaking from the Passion Translation tonight, so it might be a little different from the Bible you're reading. Um, but if, if it is, you can turn your attention to the screen. And also, I want to welcome everybody watching online on YouTube and Facebook. Let's give them a hand clap. So glad that they have decided to click. Uh, we encourage you guys to interact in the chat um, to make sure you press that like button and that share button so we can spread this message to as many people as possible. All right, let's, let's jump into it. Verse 25 says this. It says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose. Somebody say purpose. Looking straight ahead, ignore life's distraction. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take a detour that leads to darkness. Turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message, How to Destroy Distractions. How to Destroy Distractions distractions. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you that we have gathered under your name. We have gathered for one purpose, and that's to become closer to your son. I thank you, Father, that tonight we have soft hearts and open minds, um, that we just welcome your Holy Spirit into this place. We have no ulterior motives. We just want to see lives be transformed tonight. We want to see your spirit take over tonight, Father. And I thank you, God, that your hand right now is over the Houston Rockets as they play their season, Father that they are able to win, make the playoffs, and that we don't embarrass ourselves. And everybody says, amen, amen. Y'all need to pray for me uh, because um, currently, you know, we have a lot of different subscriptions, Netflix and things like that, but we currently don't have cable because we didn't need it because there wasn't any sports. Uh, so you got to pray for me. So I, I've been having to, like, borrow my dad's. and um, So you got to pray for me because sports is coming back. We've got the PGA Championship tomorrow for golf. So there's a lot of things going on, and I feel like I'm going to miss out, but pray for me. So recently, uh, or it's almost been six months since I've been married, since Haley and I have been married, which honestly, it's felt like a blink of the eye, especially 2020. I mean, we picked a great year to get married, didn't we? Um, but they give you a lot of marriage advice when, you're, when, you, when you get engaged and you're about to get married and something, your wedding, wedding day is coming up. People give you a ton of advice, uh, married couples, even single people. I'm like, how do you know? Like, why are you giving me advice, you know? Uh, but one of the advice, you know, they gave us a lot of good ones, you know, uh, when it's your wedding day, make sure, you know, you just soak in the moment. Make sure that you're not worried about the details. Make sure, you know, you're, you're just there and you're just make sure you, because it's going to be gone quickly. So you just need to enjoy yourself. But one of the things that they didn't tell me or advise me to do and it's something that I'm going to tell every single person in the room or somebody who's not married yet is that on the day of your wedding, make sure that you have somebody else drive you to the venue. Okay? <laughs> Let me tell you why. Uh, so how my experience went is uh, I wake up on my wedding day. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, I wake up, I'm like so hyped, like I'm getting married today. And, you know, I, I have some, you know, my friends, you know, over who are in the wedding. And, and they're like, hey, you want us to drive? He's like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm going to take my time. Um, Y'all go there, you know, I'll get there a little later. 
And so, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. And I'm still like, I'm all right, all getting ready. I'm, I'm like, I'm getting hyped about it. But for some reason, it really didn't hit me emotionally that I was getting married that day until I got in the car. Something about getting in the car and knowing you're driving to the wedding venue, something happens in your mind. And all of a sudden, I start thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm getting married today. And then I'm thinking, like, my life's going to change forever today. And then I'm like, I'm thinking about all these things. I'm like, Caleb, you better not mess this up. You better not, you know, forget, the, you know, your vows, forget your rings. So all these things are going through my mind. And then on top of that, I was trying to drive about a 35-minute drive. And let me tell you something, that was the longest drive of my life. First thing that happened is that, you know, I'm going, and when I really notice, like, it might not be safe for me to be driving right now. I'm driving, and I'm about to take a left turn that I've taken 100 times. But for some reason, I take it early, and I almost went down a one-way. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I get back, and I'm going straight. And um, I'm just, like, trying to, I'm trying to focus on, on, you know, driving. But at the same time, like, I'm getting married today. And so I'm thinking about all these things that could happen. I'm thinking about, you know, what could go wrong. I'm thinking about all these things. And so my mind is completely out of it. And it, it gets even worse because I'm driving. And I'm coming to a stoplight. And when I'm going, the stoplight is green, Okay. And so I'm driving. I am still have all these things in my mind. I'm still thinking about, you know, how my life's going to literally change forever, you know, after today. And I'm driving, and, and the light is green, and then it turns yellow. And usually when it turns yellow, you know, I slow down. You know what? That's what you're supposed to do. But for some reason that day, my brain saw it was yellow, but my body was not reacting. So it's a yellow light, and I know I need to slow down, but because I'm like this, you know, this so, my mind's somewhere else. My mind's not focused on driving. I don't slow down. And then I realize, oh, shoot, it's too late. I can't stop now because I was coming, like, right under the intersection. So I just, I, I said, well, I got to go for it now. And so right when I was going under the light, it turns red. And so technically, you know, I ran a red light. So I ran a red light, and then I was like, okay, 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 I really need to focus. Like, I just ran a red light, and, like, that's not good. I was like, thankfully, no, you know, thankfully, there was no cop there, or so I thought. Because about a block, two blocks down the road, I see uh, you know, a police officer on a motorcycle with his lights on. But he's kind of back there, and I was like, oh, it's not for me. But he's passing up. You know when you see a cop behind, he's passing up all the cars behind him, like in and out, weaving. And I'm like, oh, no. And I'm just seeing him like, please pull somebody else over. Please pull someone. And then he gets behind me. And then I'm like, oh, it's me. And so he pulls me over, and, uh, and he, he you know, knocks on the window, and I'm like, I'm, like, you read that red light? I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I did. And then he you know, comes back, and then he's like, um, you know, don't be in a hurry. He's like, why were you in such a hurry today? I'm like, I'm getting married today. And he was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then he gave me a ticket. Um, he didn't have no, no mercy on me at all. Um, but I remembered that I actually took a video of that because I thought it was funny. I could, took a quick video. Took, turn your attention to the screen. Well, I got pulled over four hours wedding day. Starting off strong. Yeah. 
So I, I learned, guys, any single people in the house, do not drive yourself to the wedding because it's going to be such a difficult time for you. But it made me think about the title and what the scripture we just read because a lot of us can feel like we're how I felt like we're, we're, we're driving, we're at the wheel of life, and we're trying to make sure we're going the right direction and go to the destination where we know we need to go. But it seems like we are too distracted to make the right turns, to make the right, you know, uh, not to run a red light. It seems like we're making, it, it seems like we're trying to get there, but for some reason we're too distracted to do it. You see, distractions are the greatest form of deception that the enemy can offer. Because if the enemy can't destroy you, then he'll try to distract you. If he can't destroy the calling on your life, then all he has to do is distract you from getting there, right? See, it's called destruction by distraction. The goal of, dist of, of distractions is really just to take your focus off of what really matters. In that moment, I was driving in the car. I was trying to focus on the road, but I had too many things running through my mind. And right now, we are in the middle of human history. We are the most distracted people ever, like ever. Like they've done, you know, studies, and right now, our attention span is 8.25 seconds, 8.25. And a goldfish attention span is nine seconds. Okay, just give a little perspective. That's why you see on commercials, have you, has anybody noticed that commercials are way shorter now? Like, they're not 30, 45 minutes. Like they're like 15, 10 seconds long. It's because they know that they have a short amount of time to sell you something before you tune out. Because our attention span is so short. Um, it's, it's so, it, it, it's totally been gone. And not only that, our distractions have almost become something like a domesticated product of our life. And what I mean by that is that we have phones in our pocket that offer so much value to us that can have so many good things happen to us, but also at the same time, that phone in your pocket can be a huge hinder to yourself. We have a TV in our living room that at times can be a great place to have a family movie night, can be a great place to watch the game together, but at the same time, it could be a place where you have so much anxiety because you're watching hours and hours of the news and you're worried about even if there's going to be a 2021. I mean, there's a lot of people are like, Caleb, I don't know if I'm going to survive this year. I'm like, dude, you're watching too much news, okay? You're, you know, just don't watch the news today. Just pray. I'll tell you, you're going to feel better. You know? Or there's, you know, someone who's in the, in the living room is, is a place of overconsumption after watching 11 hours of The Office. You know? There's, it's... And social media is another thing. Social media is a really an awesome tool to use. I mean, there's so many awesome things that happen on social media to bring us closer together. But at the same time, it seems like there's a lot of ways that the social media tears us apart. We're reading three verses today, what we just read. And I have three points. And so we're going to look at each verse. And uh, we're going to take a thought from each one. Verse 25, the one we read, we're going to read it again. It says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose. Everybody say fixed purpose. A fixed purpose. The first step of destroying your distractions is that you need to designate your direction. You need to designate your direction. Because if you don't have a direction or a goal in your life, then you're not going to tell or you're not going to know when you're being distracted. Because you don't even have a goal or a direction. If you don't have a direction in your life and you don't know where you're going, it, it's hard to know if you're lost, 
if you don't even have any place to go. See, so the first thing you need to do to destroy distraction is that you need to designate your direction. I don't think the problem with, with us, I don't think the problem with people, I don't think the problem isn't that they lack ambition or that we don't have people who aren't hard workers or have pursuit of things. Matter of fact, the reason that the most people are depressed in our country is because they have spent hours and hours, thousands of dollars, years of their life acquiring a degree for a job that they don't even like. Now, the problem wasn't that they didn't have ambition. They had ambition. They were a hard, they were a hard worker, and they you know, went over something. The problem was that their ambition was aimed in the wrong direction. And so that happens with a lot of people is that they pursue after something, not really knowing if it's the right something, and they get there and they realize that they don't even like this job, they don't even like this op- occupation, but they can't get out of it because now it's too late. Now you have student bills, now you have a family, now you have rent due, so you can't just get out of your job, so now you feel stuck, and then that's how we get depressed people. We have to make sure that we have a direction. Now you're saying, Caleb, okay, well, I want to have a direction in my life. Where do I start? The place where I always tell people to start is where we all should start, and we need to start in the Word of God. Amen? A little couple of hints. It says in the Word that we need to love our God with all our heart. So when I'm creating a direction for my life, I need to make sure that my direction allows me to serve God with all my heart. It also says that we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. So when I am making a direction for my life, I need to make sure that it allows me to love my neighbor as myself. Y'all get what I'm saying? Starting with the word. It also says that the first will be last and that Jesus didn't come to be served but to serve. So if I'm creating a direction for my life, y'all get what I'm saying? Starting with the word. If I'm creating a direction for my life, I need to make sure that I'm in a position to serve people. See, we need to use the Word of God as a starting point, and it will guide us to the finish line. It says a fixed purpose. It's a, a fixed purpose. If there's one question that I get a lot from young people, from young adults, from youth, is what's my purpose? Why well, we get it all the time. What's my purpose? I need to find my purpose. Well, first I tell them, well, we just talked about you need to start in the Word of God. And once you have started in the Word of God and you have your starting point, now you need to focus on your passions. See, a lot of people are trying to find their purpose. If you can't find your purpose, follow your passions, and your passions will lead you to the front door of your purpose. Now, you might say, Caleb, I have been distracted for so long. Like, for so long I've been distracted, and it seems like I haven't made... Not one mistake, but not two, not three, but I've made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Y'all get the point? After mistake after mistake. I've made so many mistakes, I don't know if it's possible for me to get back on track. And what I encourage people with that is what's so beautiful about the grace of God is that it doesn't matter how many steps you've taken in the wrong direction. As soon as you take just one step in the right direction... All of a sudden, you're back on track for where God wants you in your life. So if you find yourself distracted and you find yourself stuck and you think you're too far gone, don't let the enemy convince you of those lies. Just know all I need is to make sure that I take that step in the right direction and I can use. God can even use those things that you thought was a waste. He can use that as your story on your direction. In verse 26, it says, watch. Everybody say watch. 
says, watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. It says, watch where you're going. Second point for tonight that we got to do is that after we designate our direction, we need to determine our distractions. Determine our distractions. What I mean by that is that we need to make sure that we know what is adding value to our lives and what is taking away value from our lives. We didn't know what is aligned with our purpose and what is not aligned with our purpose because the moment we recognize them, then we are able to relinquish them from our lives. Because if we don't recognize them, we act like they're not there, or we just avoid them, those distractions are always going to stay there. So the worst thing we can have is distractions in our life that has been disregarded, just totally disregarded by us. And a lot of us can think of some things that we know aren't good for us, that we know are a distraction, but we kind of just put it in the back burner because, you know, we've had it for so long, it's been there for so long, we just don't think, you know, we can ever get over this, this part of whatever we're doing. But see, the goal of the enemy is to, make, is, is to keep us unaware of what is tearing us down. That's the goal of the enemy. To keep us unaware of the distractions, to keep us unaware of what is hurting us, to keep us unaware of what is pulling us down, unaware of what is really stealing blessings from our lives, to keep us unaware. Because if we are not able to acknowledge it, then we can't assess it. If we can't assess it, then we can't attack it. And so the enemy wants to make sure that we cannot even get to point to acknowledge our distractions. Y'all hear what I'm saying tonight? But see, distractions are not just choices of how we spend our time. Distractions can also be of the choices of who we spend our time with. Can anybody think of some distractions that come in the form of people around us? And now I'm not saying that if there's anybody who you don't feel is, you know, right for you. I'm not telling you to kick them out of your life. But you need to make sure that you're surrounded by people who encourage, not discourage. Because you could be the most unfire person for God, but if you're surrounded by people who are the opposite, it's hard to be the person you're called to be when you're around the people who you're called not to be. Those two things can't coincide. And so a lot of times distractions come in the form of people, and we, not that we should just totally, you know, kick them out of our lives, but we need to make sure that the influence they, they have on it, we need to make sure that we can that if it's not the right kind of influence, that we diminish that influence. Because if we let it stay around for too long, if we let distractions that, if we let people make us make decisions or tell us what's opposite of what God's trying to tell us around us for too long, I'm telling you, little by little, and I've seen it many times, what you at first thought was a distraction, what you first thought was a lie, little by little, you're going to begin to listen to those people. So that's why you have to make sure that those, that those influence that are wrong, that you get them away as soon as possible. What are some signs that I'm distracted? What are some signs that you may be distracted tonight? You may be distracted tonight if you are more confused on your calling than you are clear about it. Or you're more confused about your direction and you are clear about it. If you walk in and you, you don't know where you're going and you don't know really what's going on and you don't know what, what God is staring you, the passions, the purpose in your life, then there's a chance that you might be distracted in some areas. 
another way that you might be distracted or a sign of distraction is that you have been stagnant in the same place for too long. That you have been stuck in the same mindsets, stuck in the same comfort zones, stuck in the same place for too long. And that's never the will of God to keep you in the same place. I mean, how can God get you to the place you should be if you stay at the place where you're at, right? So if you find yourself stagnant for too long, then there's a chance that you might be distracted tonight. Another, another way to tell if you're distracted is if you have any, any new challenges or ambitions. You see, if you don't feel ambitious or challenged to do something, then there's a chance that you're too distracted by other things. What I've learned about the Spirit of God is that He is more ambitious than you are. He, the Spirit of God is more driven to you, than you are. So if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel a drive on the inside of you, there's a chance that you might be distracted tonight. Is this too tough? Verse 27 says this. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked. Everybody say sidetracked. For even a moment. Or take the detour that leads to darkness. You see, it's not just enough to know about the path. But now you actually have to walk the path. See, a lot of people have knowledge or come to the point where they understand or come to the point where they know the voice of God, but now then you need to act on it. Now you need to make sure that, that you have acted on it. So the third point for tonight is that we need to discipline our decisions. Discipline our decisions. And what I mean about that is that we need to make sure that we are intentional about every moment of our life. Because if we're not intentional about it, if we're not making sure that it's not pointing towards the direction we want to go, I'm telling you, anything that we leave unchecked, the enemy's going to attack. I'm telling you right now, anything that you, anything that you put it on the back burner or, or, or you're not intentional about, I'm telling you, that's where you let the, the enemy have a foothold in your life and you let him squeeze into some areas that you're not worried or intentional about. I see too. To be distracted, and what I mean about making the right decisions, I'm not saying, you know, to not make mistakes. Because we're all going to make mistakes, and we're all going to, you know, fall short, and we're all going to, at times, not make the right decisions. I'm not saying to be mistake-free. Being distracted-free doesn't mean mistake-free. Being distracted-free means that I'm not making the same mistake over and over and over again. That's what distraction is all about, is keeping you focused on the wrong thing over and over and over again. Because a lot of us are going to make mistakes, and we're going to realize their mistakes, but where the decision comes is, am I going to make that same mistake twice? Because something that I've learned and that I tell people is that being distracted is a choice. No matter how much you boil it down, it's always a choice. At the, in the end, you always have a choice. And people try to, to give away their authority and say, oh, I didn't know I was just distracted. The enemy had me like this. I'm like, no, Th that being distracted is always a choice. The choice is always yours. A story uh, about five years ago, I was at a Bible school. And some of y'all know the story of how I got to Bible school. It wasn't. Your usual story is a story of God literally dragged me to Bible school. Okay, it wasn't my plan. So I, I get to Bible school literally by the Holy Spirit dragging me there. And I get there, and it's like the first couple months, and I'm not taking Bible school serious at, at all. 
you know, this is the same place I used to make fun of. My sister went to, you know, to, to this Bible school, and I used to make fun of her because I was like, you're going to learn about Moses today? Like, yeah, what you, what's on your schedule? Um, but it's at the same place. And so for like the first two months, I mean, I wasn't taking this place serious at all. I was maybe giving 30% effort. And to be honest, I was distracted. I was focused on the wrong things. I was focused on the wrong people. Um, I was more focused on the social aspect and the spiritual aspect. And I get hearing amen. And so I was distracted. But near the end of those first two months, I just felt like the Holy Spirit telling me. And I felt like this, this, this voice in my spirit telling me and saying, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. If, if you don't, you know, start digging deep and, and giving your all, you're going to miss out. And so I'm, I'm hearing this voice, and I'm, I'm, kind, I'm like, I'm not really listening to it. And it's about two months into, you know, my first semester of Bible school, and I haven't taken it seriously at all. But I kind of feel this yearning to start. Um, but whoever's needed a push? Anybody ever needed a push in the right direction? So I didn't know I needed, but really I needed a push. I, I, I had the right motives at that moment, but I needed a push. I need, I need, I need an affirmation really from God. And so it's been about two months, and I'm, I'm walking around um, church that day. And then um, this lady, her name's Miss Rachel. She's the president over this Bible school. She comes up to me, and I've only talked to her a couple times. Um, she comes up to me. You know, she just beelines to me. I remember thinking, like, is she coming walking towards me? I'm like, no. Oh, she is. Like, she just walks straight towards me. And, um, and she, she says, Caleb, you know, I'm so glad you chose TBI. I'm so glad that you're here, um, that you were obedient. And then she just flipped the switch. She said, but I see you doing so many things than what you're doing are now. And for some reason, you're distracted. And for some reason, you're not making the right decisions. And that's between you and God. But I'm here to tell you right now that if you don't make the right decisions, you're going to miss out. And she told me exactly what the Holy Spirit's been telling me. You're going to miss out. And then after that moment, I just said, okay, God, you know what? I'm giving you my, my all right now. And I cut everything out. I was a little dramatic. Like, I just stopped talking to some people. I don't, I don't uh, suggest that. But I just, like, kind of did a 180, and I gave God my all. And I watched how when I gave God my all... I watched how he literally transformed me from the inside out. And I watched how he gave me new ideas, new dreams, new passions, new everything. He literally transformed me. And it wasn't because, because here's the thing. He, I was in the right place as I was before that moment. I was, I was in the right, but I was too distracted. I think there's some of us tonight that we're, we're in the right place that God wants us. We're so close, but the enemy is distracting us from giving our, our all tonight. The enemy is distracting us from going all out, from saying, you know what, I'm going to cut these distractions off. I'm going to cut off the dead weight. I'm going to stop playing around with my life, and I'm going to take it seriously, the decision that I had to make. And when I gave my all, and when you give your all, I'm telling you, you're just going to watch the, really the miraculous take place in your life. Haley, you can join me, and I want to close with this if you all want to stand tonight. I just want to close with this thought. The more you focus on God, the less distracted you will be. The more you focus on God, the less distracted you will be. Here's the thing about God. And here, 
he will always bring clarity, not confusion. He will always bring clarity, not confusion. So the more you put him first in your life, the more you make sure that he is the top of your to-do list, that he is number one of your relationships, the more and the higher you lift him up, the more you choose Jesus over everything else, I'm telling you, church family, the more clear you will see. Because it says that he will transform our mind, that we become a new creation in Christ, and that even things that we thought we were incapable of, God will make us capable. And it wasn't because of anything that we did, it's because of everything that he did. And so what I want us to do tonight, and I want us to do from, from this point forward, and what the message is, is that we need to make sure that our focus is nowhere else than heaven. Amen? It says that put, put first the kingdom of God. It says in the scripture, put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. When I thought about distractions and what I realized really what they are, distractions are really empty promises. Distractions really, they, they offer something. They offer, you know, what you think is your calling. or They offer what you think is purpose. Or they offer what you think is fulfillment. But then they come up empty. And the disciples had the same problem. But, you know, the disciples said all these things. But Jesus told them this. All you have to do is put my kingdom first and my righteousness. And if you do that, all these things will be added unto you. I want to pray over tonight. And what I want us to pray for is, is Father, let us see clearly tonight. Let us have discernment tonight. Let us know what is distraction and what is direction. Let us no, no longer be under the yoke of the enemy, but be under the yoke of the spirit where we can see what is from you and what is not, that we can see the plans of the enemy and cancel them before they ever come into fruition. So let's pray tonight. Father, I thank you. That your Holy Spirit wraps his arms around us. That you are the one who gives us direction. That only by you can you give us purpose. That your spirit is the one that leads us. So, Father, give us clarity. Give us discernment. Right now, any distractions that are in our lives. Right now, Father, we cancel them. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we call them out. We say that we are no longer going to give in to them. We are no longer going to give in to these things that take away from us. We're no longer going to give in to things that steal from us. We are no longer going to give into these temptations, into these fears, into these anxieties and insecurities, but instead, God, we're going to put you first. You're going to have our focus. We're not going to be distracted. Instead, God, we're going to go all in for you. We're going to make sure that we're not holding back and we're not going to stop playing around. Instead, we're going to make sure, God, that we're 100% for you, God. Because the more we focus on you, the clearer, clearer we're going to see. The more we focus on you, the better we're going to understand, God. So right now, Father, everybody under the sound of my voice and watching on the screens, God, that they have the mind of Christ. That their mind is not a breeding ground for the enemy, but a breeding ground for your promises, a breeding ground of heaven and of your spirit, Father. So everybody in the room and under the sound of my voice, God, I thank you, Father, that we're going to be distraction-free. And that anything that in our lives that don't belong, we're going to kick them out. 
by your spirit and by your name. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says amen, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a shot of praise tonight. He's so good to us. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you equip us with everything that we need. Love you, Jesus. Before we close out tonight, I want to give somebody the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, and then I'll pass the mic to somebody else. But if you're in this room and you're saying, CJ, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know for sure if I'm on or if I've even accepted Jesus as my, as my Lord and Savior yet. Well, tonight is the opportunity for you and people who are watching online. So wherever your head bowed and eyes closed, repeat after me. Say, Father, I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that I need saving. And I believe that your son is Jesus. And that he died on the cross for me. And that he rose again on the third day. I confess Jesus, Lord, over my life. Lord, over my mind. And Lord, over my emotions. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.